Welcome back into the Dew Sweepers, everybody. It's always a joy, always informative when we have this golf magazine top 100 teacher join us here on the Dew Sweepers. Of course, we're talking about friend of the Dew Sweepers, my first golf instructor, Mr. Mark Wood. Woody, how you doing, buddy? Tony, I'm doing awesome, pal. How about yourself? Doing great, doing great. Thought we'd talk about something today. You know, about play into people's strength, Woody. I know folks come to you all different skill sets, all different sizes. But you know what? Everybody wants to be a bomber. Everybody thinks that they can hit it further than they do. I thought we'd talk a little bit about how you handle folks and help them learn to play with their strengths within themselves and get more out of their game instead of trying to be something that they're not. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that. And now's a ter- perfect time of year to talk about it, Tony, is that, uh, you know, with the Ryder Cup coming up in a, in a couple of weeks and, and the captain's picks, you know, Corey Pavin was trying to make sure that he didn't have all of just one type of player on that team. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, you've got some rookies on that team and Jeff Overton and Bob Watson who are known for being bombers. They can hit it a long way, but they have a tendency to sometimes miss some fairways. Not necessarily the, the best putters on the PGA Tour, but you got to understand that you take that with a grain of salt, all those guys on the PGA Tour are phenomenal putters. But some are better than others. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to put guys that have been there. You take a guy like Zach Johnson. Well, Zach is a great captain's pick because he hits his ball relatively straight and is good around the greens and a good putter. So he would be a nice complement to a guy like Jeff Overton or a Bubba Watson. Let's talk a little bit about those, you know, those types of players. Let's start with the Zach Johnsons. You know, Woody, I think he's a – I use him as an example a lot of times with especially kids coming up, you know, the kids where they haven't grown and they can't can't hit the ball as far as some of the other kids. And, you know, I never forget when, when Zach won the Masters, you know, he didn't go for any of the par fives in two that week. And I remember thinking that was a phenomenal statistic because one of the things that I always think about when watching the Masters is you think about people going for those par fives and eagle in the par fives. And that's a real testament to show you that if you become really good with your wedges, you can really – you're not necessarily at a disadvantage, I guess. Well, you, and, and two, I mean, you think about it, you know, a guy like Zach gets, gets up there at Augusta and, you know, you're playing 13 and 15, which for the longer hitters, if they can drive it out there far enough, they can get their ball on the green. So there's pressure on the tee shot to hit it far enough take some of the pressure off of the second shot. Well, if a guy knows that he's not ever going to go for it in two, so there's no pressure on the tee. I'll like that there's somewhere where I can and lay my ball up, so I don't have to crush this one. I just got to hit a solid shot and can go find it. And lo and behold, you know, you, you find your ball. And, and it happens to amateurs all the time. The balls that they try to lay up with, okay, I'm just going to take this 7-iron and lay it up short of the creek. Sure enough, they make a nice, easy swing, hit it really solid, and knock it right in the creek, and, and it's only because they, they did, they hit the ball more solidly, so, you know, pressure goes, it can, it can be in a bunch of different forms, but to take the pressure off of your driver, because you know you're not going to knock it on the green, I mean, what a great way to play golf. And, you know, I, I you talk about people, you know, hitting the shot, you know, they lay the ball up, and they hit the ball, you know, much further, because they hit it solid. One of the things I was going to get you to comment on is when folks come to me and they say, I really want to get more distance, you know, one of the real ways you can do that is by learning to hit the ball more solid is one of the real key ways to get more distance. Well, you know, it's funny. In, in all my years with the Golf Digest schools and then later on with, with the Nicholas Flick schools, I remember, I remember teaching alongside Bob Toski, and somebody was talking about, you know, distance. And, 
and it, you know it's mass times the velocity squared. He says, well, mass. He says, you know that's that that's that club head, you know, and velocity. Well, that's how fast you're swinging. But he says, you know, if you don't hit it square, that squared part's the part that really matters. <laughs> no doubt about it. And you know, and that's where I think you know folks really kind of miss the boat. They're trying to generate obviously more speed and don't always hit the ball more solid. And Woody, we've talked before about how to know when you're a bomber and and i always like the way you you know you've phrased this talk a little bit about you know what really is long you know most club players that how many times has somebody come to you for a lesson and told you they hit their ball about 300 yards and it ain't anywhere close well it's generally not close and and you know to think about it you know the guys on tour that are averaging, you know, over 300 yards. So Bubba Watson's gonna is gonna average over 300 yards. So is it Jeff Overton. Well, you know, you watch those golf courses on TV and you see how hard and fast that ball runs. The typical golf course doesn't run that hard and that fast. So for the average club level player to think that he's hitting his ball over 300 yards is crazy. I mean, a guy like Bubba Watson's maybe flying the ball. 275, 280, and it's running out over 300 yards. He's not flying the ball over 300 yards. Now, granted, there's times in which it's downwind or downhill. He might, but you know, I, I, I tell, I'll take a player all the time and say, "Okay, okay, you're a 300-yard hitter." And they always they nod their head yes. I'm like, "Okay." So what we do is we find a hole where you know, you know, and it can be a par four, but it's got it's got some sort of hazard in front of the green. And I back him up to 300 yards and say, okay, let's find out how many balls you can knock on the green. Well, they can't fly it that far. And, and I know they can't. And, and after you do an experiment like that where, you know, they've hit five or ten balls in a water hazard short of the green, uh, they realize they probably aren't quite as long as they think. Boy, you're tough on them, Woody. I'm not well, that mean. Sometimes it's tough love, Tony. I know. I've been there. I've had you dump the bucket of balls out on me before. <laughs> Tell me to come back when I could get the driver in the air. But uh, well, you came back. I did. I did. I was better for it. <laughs> I think. Anyways, uh, but uh, again, I think it's a great lesson what we just talked about. You know, for for the average player, for the club level player, because and and along those same lines of not hitting their driver as far as they think they do. I see all the time, Woody, I see these folks that tell me that they hit their 7-iron 165 yards, and that had to be the one time downwind, downhill, that they caught it flush, that they did it. And they're playing that as their yardage on every on every 7-iron shot. And they, it's amazing how many times they come up short, they put themselves in a bunker, they short-side themselves, all kinds of bad things. Well, you know, the one thing that I, that I the, kind of the testament that I always do, you know, and the people that are out there listening, they play the same golf course, time and time again and, and they play so they're familiar so they pull up on the seventh hole which happens to be a par three and it's a 165 yard hole and every time they pull one club out of the bag and out of the cart and they walk up to the tee and they they play no attention to where the tee marker is where the pin is where the wind is i mean that same 165 yard hole could be playing 180 you know, or it could be playing 150. It all depends on on the scenario. So, you know, I always like seeing players pull out two or three clubs when they go up onto that. Even if it's your most familiar golf course, I mean, I want you thinking a little bit, just rather than just pulling one club thinking, well, it's just a seven iron. You know, and and Woody, you're you're around tour players all the time and and out at tournaments, and when I watch them, 
the one difference one of the differences i see between tour players and and average golfer is that the tour player really takes into account every variable before they ever get to the golf ball i mean they take into account the lie first the wind you know the downhill uphill all those different things and like you said so many times the club level player jumps out of the cart looks at where the 150 marker is and just grabs a club you're so true and when you watch those guys on tv and you watch these guys converse with their caddy the amount of information that's written down in their yardage book is amazing to me i mean they know what club they hit for the last i mean it might be the last four or five rounds or i'm not rounds but four or five tournaments so they may have 20 rounds worth of data on that one hole okay well we hit seven air here in in 2006 and the wind was down a little off the left you know and then we hit eight iron on in 2008 in the third round so i mean they've got so much data that they're going through just so they can pick the right club so these guys i mean a yard or two makes a big difference absolutely now you know obviously you don't want people to play slow but what's the nope. what is the right amount for an average golfer what do you I mean how much data does the average golfer really need to take into what are the three or four or five things you tell your students to take into account before they select the club well i'm a i'm a big proponent i mean i started using one of those range finders that has the altimeter and it that you know gives you the slope how far it's playing and even when I take the amateurs out, uh, when I'm in Jersey or whatever, and we shoot a yardage, you know, I always tell them how far it's playing. It may be only 142 yards on the ground, but it's uphill, so it's playing 147, 148. So I give them that number. I don't give them the yardage on the ground so they can begin to see what uphill and downhill does to their ball. I think you, you need to understand uphill or downhill. You need to understand wind direction. And then you need to understand what the ball is going to do when it hits the ground. I mean, is the ball going to release? Is this green harder than another green? Uh, you know, and that kind of information, you ought to be able to get relatively quickly. And when it's your time to play, you know, you got 30 seconds. You ought to be able to get it done in 30 seconds and go. Woody, great stuff as always. As always, we appreciate you checking in with the Dew Sweepers. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Charlie, it's always fun catching up. Great show. I love being a part of it. All right, thanks. That's Mark Wood. I'm Tony Ruggiero. The Dew Sweepers Golf Show will be right back with more help for your golf game.